You're listening to the last session of the day with the Sight Guys. Welcome back to the last session of the day with the Sight Guys. As always, I'm joined by Timothy Meyer, and my, my name is Dr. Constantine Lucan. And today we'll be jumping in um, and discussing what does it mean to not to try but still get closer to your goal. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What what are your kind of thoughts on that, Tim? Do you have any any insights that come to you? Yeah. So 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 this is something that I've been. Um, sort of more aware of recently with, with, with the training that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm really weaving it into a lot of the work that I've, that I've been, that I've been doing over the past month or two. Um, and it's, and, and it's a pretty neat concept of, um, getting comfortable with a couple of things, right. Getting comfortable with not knowing, mm-hmm. um, and getting comfortable with not trying so hard. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so I'm going to, hopefully this isn't too long of a rant, but, um, I think that we get really wrapped up in, you know, like the, the need to know things. Mm-hmm. And I think that that could be, um, very detrimental because, uh, you know, in reality, we don't, we don't know <laughs> much of anything, you know, uh, our individual knowledge is like a grain of sand on an entire beach. There's so mm-hmm. much that we don't know. Um, and yet, because we know what we do know, we think uh, we have the maybe automatic assumption that we know everything, which is super, super limiting. Right. right. Um, and I think not knowing things is, is a very uncomfortable experience where, um, we, we sort of choose to ignore that because not knowing, well, it, it's kind of scary for us. And then that means we have to go through a learning process, which is always uncomfortable. So right, we right. really latch on to this kind of like need to know. And um, go, kind of going hand in hand with that is is trying, right? So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, if we have an issue or an impasse or a problem, I feel like we we really focus all of our attention on 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 trying to fix that problem or or or, or trying to address it, and that's and sometimes that act of trying can actually get in the way of the answer. Um, hmm. So the the analogy that I used to explain this is is when when we're doing a puzzle, a, a big jigsaw puzzle. Um, mm-hmm. I think we've all had the experience where you know, you know what the piece you're looking for looks like, you know, the shape of it, you know, the color, you know, everything about it. So you go one by one and you're really, really trying to find that piece and you can't find it. And you're like, what the heck? And then you go through it again and then you, and you right. try to find it again and you can't find it until you eventually give up. And then you direct your attention onto other parts of the puzzle. And then all of a sudden, voila, the, the, the piece comes to you. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there it is. And it's in that moment where you stop trying where the answer sort of comes to you or the puzzle piece comes to you. And Hmm. well, I could say, I I could say more about that, but I, I want to hear one, if I'm making sense and two, what your thoughts are. Sure. No. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, I think alongside yourself, I mean, I definitely have had experiences like that. And interestingly enough, I, I recently took um, a webinar on the meaning of dreams and obviously our discussion today really isn't about that, but the presenter made a really good point is that a lot of uh, famous and influential people uh, have had quote unquote insights come to them um, when they were asleep. You know, mm-hmm. one, one famous person that comes to mind would be Einstein, his idea of E equals MC squared. Other people talk about that Mozart really didn't try to compose. He just 
literally quote unquote downloaded this information while he was asleep. So talk about not trying. What could be more than not trying than when you're sleeping? Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. to me, it really makes a lot of sense of what you're talking about because it's so limiting just to focus on the trying because you don't have the space for other thoughts and other ideas to come into existence. You're just focusing on one specific thing. And I really like the way you said it, that it's kind of like a train that's just moving in one direction and you just like doing some permutations with the same train versus letting it go and seeing what other things are going to come to you in that moment. So I, I definitely hear what you're, what you're saying there. Yeah. So, and, and I, I really love what you said about, about dreams. Um, I, I don't know if, if you or other listeners have had experiences of kind of the same things, but you know, I remember this is actually kind of silly, but, um, back when I was in high school, I took Italian, whatever, like one through five and yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, do I remember Italian? No, <laughs> of course not. Um, but I've had some dreams where where I'm I'm actually having a small conversation with the language, and and if I were to actually try to, like, if I were to go to Italy right now, I, there's no way. But that information is there somewhere. Is it in the very front of my brain where I can access it kind of immediately? No, but that information does exist somewhere, kind of like deeper. In our in our brain and our consciousness or, or or whatever you want to call it, um, so so I find that so, um, I th- I think we're talking about that the the same thing, and and I think that there's so much to be learned from it, right? I think that in our culture and our society, we're so programmed to like like be all up in the front of our brain, and like and like be super rational and and like find the answer and problem solve and do all of these amazing things that we do. Whereas honestly, some of our greatest insights or, or our creativity or our answers that we're looking so hard for are there. We just get in our own way by being so much in the front of our own brain. Yeah. And, and it's very interesting what you're saying, because the, I was just I was listening. And the, the one thing that came to mind is when, when people fall in love, right? Like notice mm-hmm. you can't like structure love. It's just like you could be trying and doing and fixing and creating, but like a lot of times, and I'm sure some of the listeners can <clears throat> can attest to this, it's sort of like they even say, oh, my God, I never thought of it. I just found myself being in love with this person, right? They didn't like, mm-hmm. oh, I structured to fall in love with this person. I just found myself mm-hmm. falling in love. And to me, that's such a kind of like, it sounds to me like there's parallel there. Yeah. And, you know, um, well, I, I have an idea in my head, and I guess I'll just mm-hmm. try it out right now. Um, sure. Katsin, how, how do you know that you're in love? I have no idea. It's just that it's just a feeling that I have. You you just know. You just know. You don't. I can't quantify. I mean, I can point to certain things, but I think it'll cheapen the the experience if I give like some behaviors or some thoughts that that I receive from my wife. Yeah, I, you know, I I I think that I think that question that answer really kind of paint, paints a good picture of, of of what we're trying to say. Um, how do you know? I I don't know, but I <laughs> but I just know that I am. Right. Right. It's, it's, it's sort of like not quantifiable. You can't really put it in words. Like, like the, the answer is there. And if you're speaking to anyone who's, I don't know, maybe 13 to 15 or whatever, like, how will I know when I'm in love? And you say, you'll just know. Um, and the really neat part about this is we know so much that we don't have access to. Because right. we're just so wrapped up in the front of our brain. And and I've really been weaving this into to a lot of the work that I'm doing. Um, 
because I, 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 I think a lot of therapies lend to us being really in the front of our brains. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, if we're doing like a different type of therapy or, or, or what have you, and we're, we sort of like allow ourselves to, to get comfortable with that not knowing, right? It's kind of like surrender to the fact that I don't know this answer and surrendering to the, I'm going to allow myself to sort of not try and allow the answer to appear. It's, it's a very different way of looking at an issue or an impasse or a problem. And mm-hmm. a lot of insights can be gained that way. And from what I'm learning about and, and what I'm doing in, in, in practice, um, really, really, really powerful experiences. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I'm sure the listeners can, can relate to this. It's these, and I like the way you said, like the, the powerful, the most powerful experiences that we're having are oftentimes uh, just come to us. And it's not necessarily mm-hmm. when I'm doing a math problem and figured it out. Yeah, that's also very nice and pleasant. But those monumental, emotionally overpowering experiences, uh, the sense of just, I just know, really, it seems comes almost like out of the blue, uh, mm-hmm. rather than a way to figure it out. Like I, as you know, I work with a lot of couples, right? And in, in the room, you get a sense, are they just trying to behaviorally make it work? Or mm-hmm. there's something else there that's connecting them and they're just missing each other, maybe on some behavioral cognitive level. And 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 that sort of, that sense, that feeling, it's palpable when you're in the room, uh, which then you could kind of say, okay, they're trying to get back to that. Versus other couples, you could see that it's not there and they're just trying to like fix it or behaviorally mend it, which usually doesn't work. Yeah. And so when I, but when I hear you say that, I'm thinking about like, you know, getting into like a flow state, getting into a groove, right? Where, you know, it, it happens with couples, it happens with individuals, it happens with with a, a bunch of things that we do, right? But, you know, um, an example that I could think of is driving. Mm-hmm. But are, are we completely consciously, you know, focusing on every decision we make when we drive? No, absolutely not. Um, and we sort of go on autopilot and we're sort of just in that almost like trance like state where we're completely in control of the car and we're driving appropriately following all of the rules and we're driving quite well. And we're not all wrapped up in the front of our brain, making every single decision. And if you, I I mean, I like to think about sports, right? Mm -hmm. Um, people play their best when they're sort of in like, in their zone, in their groove, in their, in their flow state. And they can achieve incredible things like swinging a baseball bat, hitting a home run. Like if you were, if you were thinking about every single little thing that you did the entire time, there's no way you wouldn't even get the bat off of your shoulder, but being able to get in that headspace in that, in that, in that zone. um, I mean, one could argue that's, that that's where we function our best. Well, I would definitely agree with that. (laughs) And unfortunately, I think that we're uh, we're getting pretty conditioned to to not be in that type of headspace and be more so up in the front of our brains and trying to problem solve every single little thing rather than allowing things to just simply come to us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think uh, some of the therapy types are very guilty of that, which mm-hmm. they're just trying to, in a way, trying to help. But what, what what's happening is that people are more moving into the direction of fixing rather than just being and making sure that, you know, an effective, authentic strategy comes to them. Um, people, I, I feel like nowadays are kind of scared of that because it feels like they're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it, it really goes against what we're told and what we're taught, right? It's like, 
uh, work hard for everything that you want and try really hard and, I don't know, figure out the answers on your homework so you can get good grades and then achieve, right? Um, we're definitely very, very conditioned in the other way. And I think that it's it, it could be a detriment. Um, you know, I, I, I think that this is really important for people that are that are that are struggling with something right um and and i'm hoping and and a lot of what i've been hearing in in practice is you know this is actually like that was actually really helpful like i've never really thought about it that way i've never really like allowed myself to kind of take a da- a back seat and deepen a little bit and and be open to exploring um and I think that we all have issues and difficulties and problems that we're all dealing with. And I think that we tend to try to handle them the super rational front of our brain way. Um, and I guess, you know, me personally, the, the patients that I'm seeing and hopefully the listeners too, I'm, I'm wondering if, uh, if, if anyone's listening to this and they can try a different approach with it, right? Think about that puzzle. Think about that puzzle piece. Think what happens when we try too hard, kind of acknowledge the fact that sometimes I don't have to try things can come to me and I'm okay with not knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it could be a really powerful, different, and perhaps uncomfortable right. in the beginning experience, but I think it's a part of our brain that um, it doesn't get a lot of activation. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, <clears throat> to your point, that flow state, it's a nice space to be, but that transition from our cerebral way of being into allowing of that flow seems to me it requires a lot of letting go because it's really letting go of that fixing mentality that you know tries to, to help you help an individual to get into that space. Uh-huh. I think, um, well, maybe I could speak more about this later, but I think uh-huh. what, what, once we do let go, like once uh-huh. or twice or three times, and we sort of get um, quote-unquote good at it, then I think it becomes easier uh-huh. to, get, to get back into that space. But I think in the beginning, it's, uh, it's different, it's new, it's kind of scary. Right. Um, and um, some listeners might be thinking like, okay, sounds great. Like, how do I do that, Tim? Right. <laughs> um, and um, I don't have any concrete, like, okay, do this or that right, right now anyways. Um, but just entertaining the idea, right? Um, entertaining the idea. And as you're thinking about whatever problem, impasse, what have you, kind of try to weave in that whole not trying. And just opening and deepening and seeing if something comes up. Well, I mean, th- that's sort of in itself to me is a suggestion, being uh, uh, open and willing to try mm-hmm. a different approach. So mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to capitalize on this character strength of, of willingness to try something different and, and seeing what, what comes up. And I'm sure some of the listeners like are, are thinking of like, well, and then what's the next step? By, by definition, that's really kind of the question we want to try to avoid. We're trying to do the exact opposite, be willing of the not knowing. If you have like a problem at work or with a friend or a spouse, instead of driving home tonight and kind of trying to, like, okay, she says this, I say this, and that mm-hmm. happens. And this, just let it go, be able to focus on something else where, and saying to yourself, like, I'm allowing myself to see what kind of comes my way is it's really just a different approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, that some of the listeners may, may want to uh, may want to try. Yeah. So I encourage folks to give it a shot. See, right. you know, maybe, maybe we have, I don't know, an aha moment or maybe not. Um, right. And I think it's, it's definitely a work in progress. So I encourage people to listen to, you know, if you're, if you're thinking, 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 thinking about a problem, try to not for a minute right. <laughs> and see if it comes to you. 
Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, you know, for some of our listeners who say like, oh, I've relied on my rational cerebral thinking uh, <clears throat> sort of as a, as a way to get everywhere and everything that I wanted, you know, yeah, letting go, at least for, for a little bit, that, that idea that that rational mind got you to where you want to go just might allow a space for you to even learn something more from yourself to take your personal life or career even forward, like just to... You know, think about the just several examples that I gave earlier. You know, Einstein mm-hmm. and Mozart, they didn't really try to write anything. They just kind of wrote down what they downloaded in, in the in the time that they were sleeping. So potentially it, would Einstein be as famous without E equals MC squared? I mean, potentially, but it's definitely th- that additional piece of insight really solidify him as probably one of the greatest uh <clears throat> you know physicists out there. Mm-hmm. And um I like what you said about how, you know, a lot of people will probably be thinking, well, my rational brain really got me all of these different places. Um, a, a consultant or, or instructor, whatever you want to call him, um, Stephen mm-hmm. Leeds, he was, you know, um, who I'm working with. He, uh, he, he, he speaks about this and he says, yeah, I'd never leave anywhere without my rational brain. Mm-hmm. Um, um, because it's very, very, very important. We're definitely not saying to not keep it around and not use it. Um, but also allow that to shut off a little bit sometimes. Right. And I, and I think we're, we all become surprised about what comes to us when we allow ourselves to do that. Yeah. 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 And there's m- many different ways, just even in the car, being able to do it. I mean, some people obviously do potentially something more, more scheduled. And I don't know, Tim, what, what your thoughts are on maybe like some sort of mind mindfulness contemplation or meditation, some place where there is more of opportunity to let the rational brain sort of sit outside that circle um, and just being able to allow yourself to notice what comes up. That might potentially be one other option to consider. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely more concrete ways to uh, facilitate this rather than this, what we're talking about right now, a a very vague, oh, just don't try sort Mm -hmm. of thing, Um, which I'm sure we'll probably get to in one or two or 10 podcasts in the future. Sure, sure. Uh, but for, for the listeners right off the bat, my, my ask, if you so choose, just try to not try <laughs> <laughs> and, and kind of keep it in as simple as that. Um, and then we'll go, we'll, we'll, I'll probably end up ranting at, a, at another point about more concrete techniques and more answers. <laughs> yeah. But, but listen, on, on the other hand, it's already, it sounds like you're, you're really passionate about this idea. So it seems like it's potentially working for you. So let's, you know, I like your invitation to, to see whether other people are just willing to give it a go. And they'll probably start noticing how fast their mind actually races when you start to get, allow yourself to like not do that, or at least to notice that it's going so fast that no other internal insight can even penetrate sort of that mm-hmm. cloud of thinking right? That is just impossible. So to slow it down, to even have an opportunity for it to float uh, is, is really what we're asking. Yeah. And I, I feel like I keep adding things that I feel like I could rant mm-hmm. about this for years, mm-hmm. but um, you know, it's so limiting and we don't even realize that it is, mm-hmm. you know, like no one, or I, I didn't anyways, um, really ever think about this before, I don't know, six or however many months ago. Um, it's really, really limiting, and, and we don't even realize how limited we are, uh, which is just an interesting concept and makes you think a lot. But um, yeah, but, it, if, but I guess I'll leave it at that. Um, there's there's a lot of power to it, and I invite anyone to I don't know, take take it and run with it, or not run with it, sit with it. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's a, um, it's definitely something. Hopefully, some of the listeners will, will take away from today's podcast. I'm definitely gonna uh, try to not try more often because I find myself, as probably the rest of humanity, <clears throat> being trying to fill the time with busy work. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely a reminder for myself included to just allow it to, to come to me rather than chase it. Awesome. Well, Constantine and everyone listening, I, would, I, I just want to say thank you for um, thank you for listening. Um, hopefully that th- this was helpful. We are the last session of the day with the site guys and we'll be uh, talking to you guys soon. Yep. Take care. Thank you for tuning in this week. As always, we hope that you enjoyed the show and please make sure to subscribe. We love to interact with our listeners. If you have something you'd like to comment on, ask us about, or hope to hear on the show, please message us on Facebook or Twitter at Last Session of the Day with the Psych Guys, or send us an email at lastsessionotd at lukeincenter.com. Hope to hear from you soon, and tune in next week for another engaging episode. This has been the Last Session of the Day with the Psych Guys. See you next time.